Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Our Saturday morning welcome to all of you Arizona homeowners. This is every Arizona homeowner's happy place. We're here to deal with anything having to do with the maintenance, repair, or remodeling of your house, home, castle, or cabin. Don't even think about touching your house until you touch base with us here at Rosie on the House. And here's how you do that. Right now, in the next hour, give us a call, one 767 4348 and give us the privilege of putting our 48 years of building and remodeling in Arizona to work for you. You might have a home in Bouse. Yeah, we've remodeled a home in Bouse. You might have you might have a home in Ehrenberg. We've done some remodeling in Ehrenberg, Flagstaff, Eager, Springerville, Tucson. Wherever it is you live in the great state of Arizona, give us a call. Let's see if we can't put our experience to work for you. one 767 You can't find very many remodelers that have gone to Wiki Up, Arizona. But we've been there. We've been there. And there, there's some big homes between Wiki Up and Kingman. There's some giant homes. And some more going up. But I oh, yeah, Wiki yes. Up. We we need the that gas station back. The wigwam. The wigwam. Yeah, we need somebody back up there to renovate that. Boy, that's it's you, you've seen it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, whether you're a newcomer to Arizona or you've been here all your life, no matter where you are in the state, no matter what you want to do, there's a good chance I've been there, and there's a good chance I've already tried doing what you want done. Let, let me have the privilege of putting my experience to work for you. one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. During the broadcast, text questions can be sent to 411-923. Or you can email us, info at rosieonthehouse.com. Don is on hold and would like to join the conversation. Good morning, sir, and welcome to the program. How may we help you? Hi there, yes, I'm uh, considering having my pool excavated, and I think I found the right person, but I wouldn't mind having a backup estimate. Um, the situation is, however, I've got very limited access, um, and I would want uh, like a hand dig instead of, the, um, instead of a cat use, because a cat will destroy my pavers. So we're looking for getting in and out of a three-foot gate space. Uh, do you know somebody uh, that does something like that? Okay. Well, when we saw the topic on pool, and that's not something that we have done a lot with other than swimming in them, uh, we actually reached out to our pool expert uh, out in the Southeast Valley, uh, Michael Sandoval, Above and Beyond Pool Remodeling, to help us answer this pool question. And I also had a follow-up uh, that I had reached out to Mike uh, earlier this week on from a caller two weeks ago about a problem he was having with his pool builder. So I thought, well... The perfect opportunity to kill two pool questions with one stone. And, Don, let me introduce you to Mr. Michael Sandoval. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. How are you? So do you, were you able to hear Don's question? 
Yes, so Don's basically asking um, about a potential pull excavation, but he doesn't want to mess up his pavers um, when the excavation comes in. So here's it, – it's it's almost a double-edged sword. And, and so I've also got great access. I'd rather, I'd rather keep the walls erect and just work through the gate. How, how wide, what's the widest access you have, Don? Well, three foot through the gate, or if we took the one small wall beside the gate off, it would be four and a half feet of, of okay. access. You could, get, you could get a triple mini in there. You don't want to hand dig that. I mean, the only thing they're going to literally hand dig is a spall. Um, and what you would pay for a hand dig, if you could get somebody to hand dig it, would be astronomical. Okay, it, it would be probably be the to third to knock down that wall and rebuild it afterwards. Hundred <laughs> percent. It would be cheaper to knock down the wall. It'd be cheaper to to ruin those pavers and re-put the pavers down, and you'd still save money doing that versus a hand dig. I don't know about you, Michael. I'm about fifty bucks a shovel full. Is my rate? Uh, you're <laughs> you're about right. Yeah, to get somebody to do a hand dig is. I'm not gonna say it's impossible because. Uh, Anything's possible, but it's it's very unlikely, especially with the work volume that these excavators have today. My recommendation is to get a triple mini. A triple mini will fit through both numbers on the axis that you just stated. A triple mini will fit through there. Um, a triple mini is going to be a little bit more expensive, but it is still cheaper than taking down the entire wall. It's still cheaper than taking out those pavers and putting them back into place. And could you put a couple layers of plywood down on top of the pavers to, for protection to keep them from getting messed up? You could, but realistically, they're going to they're gonna take a beating. Um, what we tell people, and we have it right into our contracts when we build the pools for them, what we tell people is, um, and we have it right in our contract, we're not responsible for any existing irrigation or landscape and slash pavers or cement surfaces that get damaged Um you know, during the construction process. So it's going to be in their contract of whatever pool company goes with to not be responsible for that. But he just, Don just needs to really think about what's going to be um, the, 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 the lesser value, damaging the pavers, putting them back, triple mini, or taking down a, a decent-sized portion of that wall. Now let me expand our uh, our idea segment here for a minute. Have we... With the use of drones, have we ever considered like a hovering excavator for spaces like this in, in some time in the future? That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> we, that would be amazing. We may have a new project to work on here at the R&D department at Rosie on the House. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm uh, with you. If uh, Switching off from Don's question real quick, last, or I think it was two weeks ago now, we had a gentleman in Buckeye call and said, hey, I've got a uh, a hole in the ground, I've got plumbing done, uh, but I haven't seen my pool builder for months, and he keeps telling me he can't get the concrete, shotcrete, for, uh, to finish my pool. Is he just blowing me off, or is there a problem? And I told him he's probably not blowing you off, and that's probably true. What are you, what are you seeing, Michael? Wow, you, you opened up a whole can of worms there, Ron. <laughs> um, I mean... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be very diplomatic when I say this. Okay, I'm not gonna tread on one side too much or the other. But I'll hear what I am gonna say because I do have a lot of information in regards to this subject. Are we busier than we've ever? Is this last three years busier than we've ever been in like Arizona history? Absolutely. Are Shock Creek companies busy and have been, um, have been rationed Shock Creek that they're allowed to to um, to load? Absolutely. Are, is the workforce lower than what it's normally at? Absolutely. I mean, I, everything that they say is true. However, okay, 
to wait 10 months, to wait eight months, even six months for shotcrete is insanity. Somebody's pulling somebody's chain. When I have a pull and I need shotcrete, I've got about six to 10 different shotcrete companies that I can choose from, okay? And when I contact those shotcrete companies, I want to get on their list. I want to get on their list because um, as soon as I get a green tag, I want whoever has availability, whoever has a job that may be canceled um, or didn't pass an inspection, uh, whatever the case may be, you want to be on several of their lists so that you can get shotcrete for your client because at the end of the day, we're working for our clients. Um, but what we are seeing is especially some of your bigger companies, what they're doing is they're committed to one shotcrete company. That's the business deal they made. That's It's always worked out fine. It's always um, allowed them to continue business. But when you have one shotcrete company to go to, when that shotcrete company has issues like they're having right now in this economic environment, guess what? They could wait two, three, four months, five months for shotcrete. But if they're waiting longer than that, I would throw up the red flag. Um, what's happening, Romy, is these, these pools are sitting for several months. So guess what's happening? Those companies have to pay their costs, their overhead, their supers, their salesmen, so on and so forth. And when it comes time to shoot that pool, that pool's been in the ground now for four months, five months, six months, whatever the case may be. Now, if they got 100 holes in the ground, they got 20 holes in the ground, 10 holes in the ground, your average shot creek number is about eight to 10 grand. Do they have the money to, to put shot creek in those pools now? You see, that's the problem a lot of companies are going to come across moving forward. Do they have the finances to put shotcrete in those pools that have been sitting for several months that may need muckouts, meaning because of all this rain, they got to send somebody in there to get all the dirt away from the rebar. They've got to send somebody in there to repressurize the system. They've got to send somebody in there to paint the rebar because it's rusted, which is all money that's costing that they didn't account for. You see, so there's just a lot of things going on with why people can't get these shotcrete, um, shotcrete in the ground, why, why pool companies can't get these pools finished. Um, the, there's lots and lots of variables, but when they're waiting closer to a year to finish a pool, I throw up a red flag. Oh. That's my personal opinion. Well, and that's what we called you for, Mr. Sandoval. So thank you for spending your uh, few minutes of your Saturday morning. I hope we didn't interrupt family time. Uh, it's above and beyond pools. They've been a Rosie on House partner for over five years now and a great asset to the game. And, you know, you can't you can't talk to a veteran not thank him for his service. So, uh, Michael, you have a great rest of your Saturday morning. Now, I can tell you. Thanks, Mike. And I can tell you why Romy's rate is $50 a shovel. <laughs> Have you ever forgiven me? Which time? <laughs> I was going to say that we, story came up before. We, we, had, we had the highest house on Camelback Mountain, up above the sanctuary. It and used to be John Gardner's tennis ranch. It used to be John Gardner's tennis ranch. And um, they wanted a jacuzzi pool on the uphill side of this house. So I rented a jackhammer with about 200 feet of hose uh, and a compressor. We parked out on the on the parking lot, and I left Romy and his little brother. And I said, I need this about five feet deep, about six foot in diameter. And at the time, Romy, uh, so we had a we had a hundred and eighty pound jackhammer. Uh, at the time, you were wrestling what weight class in high school? <laughs> well, I never wrestled over one twelve. <laughs> yes, oh man. So he's wrestling 112, and I leave him on the side of Camback Mountain to draw. But I couldn't drive, so this is probably like 103 weight class. Still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't going to leave you with a truck. I did. I needed that job finished. Oh, man, oh, man.
And then there was a there was a man, Mr. Reed Allen, who was a builder here in town, very successful builder uh, back in the 60s and 70s. He hand dug his swimming pool on Palmcroft and used the dirt to make the adobe to build a two-story home. And that house is still there. It's uh, really, really a pretty house. Uh, what does Farmer Greg call that? Stacking functions. Stacking functions. Yeah, yeah wow. it, that was a, that was a cool house. You tell all your friends, then I am the man to see it. Baby, I'm your handyman. Well, let's see if we can be Gail's handyman. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. Good morning, Gail. Welcome to the broadcast. And how may we help you? Good morning, guys. Well, I live in Tubac. I have a, a single-story stucco home, and uh, there's a design feature over the double garage and over the golf cart garage, which is set back. Uh, it's north-facing. However, the um, design feature is like a 16-foot block of wood that they've always stained. And a couple, about five years ago when I had the house painted, the painter insisted he should stain it instead of paint it. it. The wood was looking like it was deteriorating then. And now it, with all the monsoons, uh, and especially this year, the 16-foot block over the double uh, garage really, really looks bad. And somebody said it looked to them like dry rot. It, you know, now it's wet rot. And I'm trying to figure out, what do I do? Do I, I don't know if you guys have dealt with this before. Do I have to find someone who will cut that out and put a new thing in? Can I put stucco over that and then put it over both of them? Or It's just a, it's, it doesn't do any support or anything. It, it's just a design feature. Okay. Um, then that's probably what we call a plant-on. And it's probably just a two-by rough sawn. And it is just an architectural feature. What I would do, Gail, is, is I would uh, e- either yourself or someone uh, in the neighborhood or uh, a relative or friend, just take a sharp pocket knife and get up on a, on a three-foot stepladder and just see if you can just – don't force it, but just shoot the pocket knife towards the wood. And if it goes in more than about three-sixteenths or a quarter inch, chances are that wood – cannot be saved without it can but it's probably not worth it so um what i'm what i'm proposing is when are when are we at saba that's the last uh i can't like oh, right here what uh, is that's october first october that's uh, october yeah, okay. we, we don't want her to wait that long second um, third and fourth we can save wood if it isn't deteriorated too far with a product called abitron uh, it's made specifically for restoring wood in historic remodels. We've used it extensively, especially repairing vegas and whatnot. Um, you've had a painter there that painted it five years ago, saturated it with stain. Uh, I would hope maybe they would have somebody uh, they could recommend. Whether you want to keep it or not is completely a subjective call to you. Check with your homeowners association to make sure they don't have um, a requirement to keep it. Uh, it will eliminate a little bit of maintenance. If you would take that plant on uh, pretend uh, header off and just stucco wrap it 
to the garage door and you'd be all set. Then you've got paint every five to seven years and you don't have to worry about anything deteriorating. So down in Tubac, um, I don't, I don't have anybody right off the top of my head. I have friends down in that area and I could do some calling for you to see if we could get somebody down there to take a look at it. Uh, Gail, I've got your name. I've got your number. I'll make a couple phone calls to some buddies in that area over the course of the following week. And we'll have somebody I know, someone I trust, get there and just visit with you about it. Maybe even send us some pictures and we'd be able to coach you along. You you asked us, have we ever dealt with something like that? Have we ever tried it? Gail, there's nothing we haven't done or tried. <laughs> and you, you had mentioned Avatron. We didn't use it for something nearly this structural, but Amanda has a table that is over 70 years old, hand-built by her great-grandfather oh. that she spent the last couple weeks restoring. Oh. And it had, and it was wobbly, and there was we were I was looking at adding extra nails. I'm like, I just, you know, it, some of the cuts were so thin you couldn't use screws. No. But I didn't want to put nails in there because it was so dry. Well, we got both the liquid and the putty um, yeah. Abitron, and everywhere that I could do the putty, I put it in. Uh, then we tilted it over the side, and on the cracks, we did the liquid fill in. I mean, that when it dried, it's... that table is as solid as it feels like from what I, would I imagine it was 70 years ago when he built it. I mean, it, it's, it is absolutely solid. It's amazing stuff. But whatever the case, when you're done... There is a fiberglass uh, co- option option that you can put over the top aesthetically to cover it, and then that would actually be also a UV light and rain protector for the natural wood, and it looks like real wood. Um, he's in Tucson, and he might even have a contact. We, we'll call Steve That's right, yeah. to say, hey, who do, we, who do you use to restore these uh, the, the structural wood before you put your fiberglass Vega tail over the top? to make it look like a Vega, but again, fiberglass is so much more durable against the sun than natural wood. So it looks like the real thing, but it's a lot more uh, durable. It's it's a protectant to your natural wood, but that's saw design and fiberglass Vegas. You can uh, get a hold of Stephen Williams. His website's fiberglassvegatails.com. So we'll make some calls. We'll talk to Stephen and we'll get this all put together for you beautiful tubac we should ask her how green tubac is right now oh yeah hey let me bend your ear just a little bit here if you're contemplating a home improvement project and you've opted into the choice that you'd like some help getting it designed getting it drawn up, uh, making the selections with some interior design suggestions, getting it through the building department and getting the building permit and having a professional company supervise and quality control the entire thing. If you're contemplating a project like that and you want it done right, Rosie Wright, give Rosie Wright Remodeling a call at 480-248-8699. Or you can find us at rosywright.com. We're never going to compromise. If you want it done, Rosie Wright, the first time, every time, 480 248 
800-926-8699. And in the third segment of each hour, in each 10 o'clock hour, we talk about our weekly to-do. And this week it's what is efflorescence. It's the white chalky stuff that shows up on concrete, anything that contains cement. That's when moisture moves through the material and the moisture, the water form evaporates and what's left behind is the calcium and salt deposits that don't evaporate and creates that white chalking stuff. So the first thing you want to do is look at where is that moisture coming from. If it's a sidewalk, obviously, uh, it, it's one of two places. It's coming up from underneath the ground. If it's the landscape or it's coming down from the top, whether it's roof runoff, uh, a condensation line or something dripping down from above or just natural rain. And depending on the water source, that depends on the correct way to treat whatever concrete surface you're working with. A lot of homeowners will see this on block walls. If their neighbor has a lawn up to the block wall or sprinkler that sprays on the wall constantly, well, the neighbor that has the lawn, all they see is what looks like wet concrete for a little while when the water's running. What the homeowner on the other side sees is this white chalky line across their wall, and they can't figure out what's going on. That's efflorescence and usually a good cleaning and a good sealer will solve it in most cases you can go to rosieonthehouse.com and the keyword is efflorescence e-f-f-l-o-r-e-s-c-e-n-c-e it's also just our weekly to do and it's on the front page as well uh, one of the goals we have with the weekly to do is to take care of a maintenance item around your home castle or cabin once a week. Now, you may not have efflorescence, so you may not need to worry about it this week, but it's some element, and it answers this homeowner's question. Kurt, who texted in during the bottom of the news and said, hey, uh, newly built home two years old, and I'm looking for the equivalent of a car schedule to keep up with home maintenance. Well, <laughs> that's exactly what our app does. If you go to rosieonthehouse.com slash app, you can sign up. It's a software we've licensed for Arizona for our homeowners, now, it takes a little setup time because you got to put in your home size, square footage, what type of material you have for your roof, uh, what, how long the warranties are. But once it's all set up, it will help you then schedule your reoccurring maintenance tasks, whether it's once a month for your air filters, once every four or five years for, you know, checking for pool leaks, whatever the case may be. It's custom set up to your home, and it will also help you with predictive financing so at the point uh, Kurt's roof warranty is expired in 30 years well from now to the end of that 30 years it can calculate how much it's going to cost to replace that and it adjusts to uh, other data that's put in around your area so as over the next 20 over the next 30 years as data is collected on roof replacements in your area it'll adjust to that pricing to help you calculate in real time what you can expect. And then it'll also mirror that against your home equity. So you can see, can I pay for this out of, you know, pulling out a home equity line of credit, or it'll allow you to save the cash for that. Or if you're going to do financing through the roofer, you know, it, it helps you prepare for those big financial investments. It is a powerful, powerful software. Romy, sounds awful expensive. No, it's uh, $60 a year, but if you use promo code ROSIE, it will save you 25%, so it's like just under $45 a year. And if it doesn't save you $45 a month, you're just not using it. 
Yeah. It's a it's a powerful, powerful software. How would they find it? Rosieonthehouse.com slash app. Okay, very good. And we're going to we're we're going to our, our idea in, in Romy getting this built out is uh, we discovered about fifteen years ago um, from the remodeling we've been doing as long as we've been doing it, a couple of realtors contacted me and said, Rosie, do you know um, when we're marketing one of the homes you've remodeled in the past, it actually increases the value of the home and the buyers who are familiar and aware with you are buying it much more comfortable. So we did, we thought, well, how would we go about certifying homes, making them Rosie certified? And this software is like the first step that we could get to the point where we literally someday start certifying homes as being established and maintained to the certification of Rosie on the House. I, I think over the next 20 years, it's going to drastically change both the lending process and the home inspection process. If you've got a very well-documented blueprint of everything that's been done on your home, monthly, all the projects it's done, who's taking care of it, the technicians that were there, yeah. your your home's auto score is going to help you in the lending and uh, and, and maybe not even uh, home uh, inspection. The texter was asking, could he have a maintenance schedule like for a car? This app is going to be the same as Carfax. You plug in the, Oh, it's you, so much you, more than Carfax. You, you, you plug in the car's VIN number, and it tells you if it's ever been in an accident and everything else. So. All right, so there's our tip for the week. Y'all ought to get to rosyonnows.com and take a hard look at it. Let's see if we can go to Eric, who's on hold. Got a few people on hold here lining up. Good morning, Eric. What are you up to? Hey, how's it going? I'm uh, I'm uh, just <laughs> uh, on my way home, but uh, I figured uh, I'd like to get some input from you guys. Okay. Go. Uh we actually we actually have um, a, uh, an issue that's recurring uh, ap- even after so many repairs. Uh, it's a two-story house. Um, the bottom floor uh, dining room uh, window has been fully leaking, and depending on which way which way the rain comes in, uh, it's destroying the drywall, of course. And uh, the roof had been replaced. The wall has been painted, or the out exterior has been painted uh, only about two years ago. Um, we've leak tested this wall right above the uh, window right. by spraying water onto the stucco. Okay. Um, that's how we know it's not the roof because the water comes in. Okay. And uh, upstairs, we're trying another, uh, or we, we know that the sheeting doesn't cover the whole house. Right, um, right. And so uh, it, it, this particular window is, is close proximity to the corner of the house, and so maybe there's some sheeting there. And uh, when the water comes in now, um, it it's right there where the sheeting and the okay. the header. Okay. Now, Eric, is, how, what's the age of the home? <laughs> what's, what, how old is the home, Eric? It's uh, 23. I think it was built in 2000. Okay. All right. And generally speaking, what, what are the, what's your closest cross streets? 
Uh, we're in the Signal Butte and Broadway of East Mesa. Okay. Um, there are lots of things that could be happening. You haven't recently – how long have you been fighting this problem? Um, it's been at least a couple years, and because of the monsoons, that's the only time it ever really shows up. It's probably a very – slow leak and there was a time where there was a piece of furniture in front of that window so uh, we <laughs> yeah. didn't know okay <laughs> that now, something was happening now you you haven't added sunscreens to the house in those few years have you um not in the past few years but there were sunscreens added uh years prior to me living there because i've i've um, i've seen those we, i've seen those installed improperly and sometimes even when you paint the house and the painter needs to take those down and to remount them the screw gets put in the wrong place of the window frame and it penetrates the the seal of the window the fact that you're in your sheer paneling you're close to the end of the corner of the house that sheer paneling that's up there uh, the age of the home tells me it should be properly flashed. Back in the 80s and the 90s, we were actually flashing windows in that application. We actually were flashing them wrong, um, but it was it was the way we were told to do it. And then in the 90s, and we, we figured out what we were doing wrong, and due to a huge class action suit that was nationwide with the external energy efficiency insulating foam panel systems, we got it all straightened out. Um, it'll, it's going to take some detective work. It's going to take detective work, uh, from a window expert. Uh, you could give any one of the guys, uh, on our website, a call, uh, Dunright window, free light window, Pella window. They're, they're going to need to take a look at it, uh, and, and go from there. It could be, uh, minute cracks in the stucco. It could be improper flashing. And what we want to do is I would tell you, uh, on, you mentioned you were on your way home. Stop by uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts and pick up an infrared temperature gun. They're going to be about 20 bucks. And the next time it rains, you start shooting that infrared light around the window. And wherever the water's coming in, it'll be registering cooler, okay? And that's how we track where the water's coming from. Uh, take that little trick, get that infrared uh, thermal imaging pistol and uh, start narrowing it down. But get a, get, a, get a window expert from Rosie on Now's website out there and do a full analysis. All right, Robert's next on. Oh, John, I'm sorry. John's next on the line. Welcome to the program, sir. How may we help you? Okay, I think I missed your question. A uh, long-time listener, but uh, I think a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago, you uh, answered the question that I'm going to ask, but uh, it was uh, – we had company, so I couldn't get it all. I have a four, four-month-old house. It's brand new, and uh, I have five five doors uh, with the humidity and the moisture and the, and the rain. They kind of swelled, and they won't close, so – it's still under warranty, so I, I already called the warranty department, and they're going to come over in, uh, in a few weeks and, and try to fix them. But uh, what's the correct way? My question is, what, what is the correct way to fix them so I, at least I, I know what they're doing? Well, 
These are interior doors? Yes, interior doors inside the house. Okay. So they're probably hollow core. And many times um, the door, what we call the door leaf, isn't properly painted or sealed. Open one of the doors and get on a step stool and look at the top edge and see if it's sealed or painted. If it isn't, then chances are the bottom isn't either. You have to take a door off its hinges and you have to paint all six sides of a door. The two faces and the four edges. And if a brand new house and a brand new holocore door is swelling in the monsoon, I'll bet you dimes to donuts that you'll find the top and the bottom of the door raw wood. So when they're there fixing it, uh, and, and, and I tell you what, I, I probably wouldn't have them come too soon. Let it dry out. Let the doors start closing again. Then just seal the doors. If they come with the door swollen, they're going to get a power planer out, and they're going to start planing the door and, and probably not even know to seal the door unless you instruct them you want that top and bottom sealed. And then when it continues to dry out, now what is a, a eighth or three-sixteenths of a reveal between the door and the jam, now it's like a big old honk and three eighths, and it just and it, and it's not even consistent. It goes from, you know, maybe one sixteenth to three eighths. Looks horrible. So let's let the house dry out. Let's let the doors start closing again, and then let's get them there to seal the doors up. That would be my recommendation for you, Mr. John. We appreciate the call. The key word to your success is the house is brand new. I'd put this situation in writing. And I'd make sure the appropriate people got it and make sure it's dated. From the time they come and fix that door, you have another two years on that door to watch it and see if it develops another problem. So make sure all your warranty requests are in writing and they're dated. Tom emailed and said, we're replacing our roof that's twenty to our 2,100-square-foot home in Fountain Hills. We were told that the roof structure would support cement. What would you suggest, cement or metal roofing? Well, a couple things, Tom. You mentioned Fountain Hills. That's a homeowners association. I don't know if there's any home in Fountain Hills that's not part of an HOA. So I don't know if they're going to allow metal roofing. Um, and I picturing Fountain Hills, all I can picture is you know, tile roof, a lot cement tile roof. So. You might be stuck to cement tile roof, but you can check with your HOA to find out. If you can go metal and you can't afford it, we definitely prefer that. Um, it may stick out like a sore thumb in your neighborhood if everyone else next to you is tile roof, so that may not be the look. But if I'm picking strictly material one to the next, I would go metal. And then you had mentioned uh, 2,100 square feet. Now, that's the size of your home. If your roof is pitched, which you're in Fountain Hills, so it is, it's going to be more than 2,100 square feet. You're probably closer to 26 or 27. Roofing is measured in squares because you've got the eaves and the overhangs and the patios. So every 10 foot by 10 foot section is a square, and you'll have more square footage on your roof than you will on your floor. So if 
a roofer quotes you and how much it's going to cost you per square foot, just know you've got a lot more square feet on your roof than you do on the layout of your home. Speaking of Fountain Hills, we've got a, a remodeling job going out there right now. We delivered drywall last night, and we had to use a crane <laughs> to pick the drywall off the truck because it's a basement, and the street, it's a walkout basement, but the walkout is on the opposite side. We had to pick the drywall Crane the drywall <laughs> over the <laughs> yes, house? Yes. I don't know why Romano didn't just take it sheet by sheet and walk <laughs> down the hill. Was he got something better to do? I don't know. He, I don't know. He, he had to stay there and, and supervise the, the 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 crane delivery. I thought that the, uh, remind me to show you the pictures is really pretty funny, folks. We hope we've helped you a little bit around your house, home, castle, or cabin this week. It's what we do at Rosie on the House every Saturday morning. Feel free to join us next Saturday. Until then, you can always find us at rosieonthehouse.com. Hey, y'all have a great week. We're going to.